Attention, please. The show starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Electricity here in Columbia, well, it's been buzzing loudly all weekend. Passion of the crowd in Rivercrest Stadium is second to none. And the raid breaks out in Columbia. It is good! Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Touchdown, Carolina! It's gone! Touchdown! Here are your hosts, J.C. Sherbert, oh, watch him celebrate now. Bill Molinax, my wife doesn't like hanging around losing, and Jamie Bradford. I'm going to tell you, you look like you joined the best dynasty. Yeah, so far so good on a beautiful Friday here in the Palmetto State. Greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard inside the Gamecocks, the show, live from the Sinorama Studios and presented by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Sinorama is the preferred sign partner of the Gamecocks as 20 to 30,000, maybe more of you make your way to Williams-Brice Stadium tomorrow. You'll see their work and you have seen it before that is why south carolina uses signorama that is why we use signorama you should too signorama the preferred sign partner of the gamecocks but they do it all throughout the state of south carolina and remember 803-407-9284 in west columbia gamecock owned and operated that's who you want to call matt vaughn he can do it wherever you are in the Midlands, in the upstate, along the coast, that group right there, Sinorama in Columbia, is who you want to go to. JC is actually going to have to take the day off today. He's had some things come up that he has to take care of. I know some of you are really looking forward to hearing from him when it comes to the commitment of Josiah Thompson. Have no fear. We have plenty of information. We have spoken to him this morning. He's passed along a bunch of stuff for us to pass along to you in addition to some other nuggets that we've been able to kind of dig up over the last few weeks, as this is something that was expected, but now it's official that Carolina's Great Wall, as they're calling it, Phil, uh, is beginning to stand taller and wider quickly. Uh, So we're going to talk about that uh, throughout the program. We do have Michael Flint later on. We also have uh, uh, Chris Phelps from the Spurs Up show later on in the first hour. And uh, coming up here in just a few minutes, we've got uh, Stuart Lake, and he will help preview the South Carolina Vanderbilt series. And, Phil, it's a big series. I do have information to pass along. Uh, and the information is that South Carolina will be facing a Vanderbilt squad that is missing two of their three weekend starters, both Carter Holton and Hunter Owen. I got word this morning at about 8 o'clock they are out uh, for the series against Carolina. Of course, the Gamecocks are also missing Noah Hall, but tonight Will Sanders will toe the bump and go against Bryce Cunningham, who got his first SEC start last weekend against Missouri, and we will give you a little bit more information on him coming up, but I'll tell you, going into the game, it is good news for the Gamecocks. How does it pan out? We'll find out. But it is good news. Of course, Vanderbilt is a hot-hitting club, maybe the best in the league right now in league play. So that is all going to come up in our conversation uh, with Coach Lake here in just a few minutes. And uh, Phil will make sure that we fill our – Phil will fill our uh, conversations this afternoon with our comments from our friends in the Nana Sports chat box as well. Good morning, my man. And so far, this Friday is bringing good stuff to Gamecock country. Yeah, good, good news happening all over the place on all fronts here with active, you know, baseball. Even Dawn Staley finished filling out her staff uh, where we lost a coach with the guy from uh, Duke. What's his name? Grant. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, I uh, his name yeah I, mean, I mean, 
you know, some days it's feast and some days it's famine. So everybody belly up to the table and let's pour us a cold dowel loggins here. Cause we, <laughs> we got a big old wall getting built down there. <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, it has been expected news for a while. Um, and I'm sure some of you have seen Hale McGranahan's, uh, co- uh, column that is up on the big spur.com. Uh, it, I don't think Hale needs either one of us to say this, but it is spot on. Uh, is uh, this is again something that has has been coming for for a while. So uh, we are uh, we are very excited to um, we are very 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 excited uh, for for what is happening right now. And I I'll pass this little nugget along from a source in the building who let's just say has been around forever. And I mean forever. Uh, his comment was, I've never seen South Carolina recruit at the level at which they're recruiting right now. Uh, so take that for what it's worth. You still got to get to the finish line, as we always know. But, um, Phil, it's uh, when this thing turned around years ago under Spurrier, it started here in the trenches on both sides and Carolina right now is doing major damage. Yep. In the trenches, in the state. I mean, it's, it's, we're following the pattern completely. And along the way, I think ahead of schedule pulling in, you know, big top name kids out of the DMV, uh, you know, grabbing the select ones out of Florida and Georgia that we think are, you know, going to pan out. You just got to figure, I mean, these guys are making incredible evaluations along you know, top to bottom and just trust the process. But man, it is impressive what Beamer and company are putting together. (laughs) I mean, I figured when he, his name was called, right. I'm like, all right, we got us a hell of a recruiter. I didn't expect this JB. It's uh, yeah, it's, and it's not done. Uh, You know, this, this weekend could be another magical weekend for, for South Carolina. And we all know what the summer is going to bring as well. So yeah, man, it's, um, it is really, really a special time right now for, for Gamecock football, and they have some other holes to fill in the immediate future, as we all well know. But uh, there appears to be some some pretty hopeful folks in that building that some of those some of those different areas are going to be filled here sooner than later. And let's remember this uh, second transfer portal of the year period, or whatever you want to call it, is about to open. Uh, and uh, so just kind of keep your eyes peeled over the next couple of weeks. And uh, South Carolina probably going to have more news on that front that will that will help get things uh, really shaped up for the 2023 season. All right, we do need to step aside for a break uh, because when we return, we're going to bring in Coach Lake a little bit early today. He's actually going to be by phone. Uh, he is uh, traveling for work. Remember, he does work for the Gamecocks, so he does have things that he has to do from time to time. We missed him last week. It is a huge opportunity beginning tonight and extending its way through Sunday for South Carolina to go on the road and not only get another road series win, but a road series win over a top five ball club with or without some of their top arms. At the end of the day, winning is what matters. He'll tell us how they can do it when we return right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance 
months today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, all of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your low country real estate broadcaster. Traveling to cheer on the Gamecocks? Reserve your hotel stay with Fan Plans. Your booking supports inside the Gamecocks and the Big Spur, plus you still earn your hotel loyalty points. Visit fanplans.com slash inside the Gamecocks. What's up, Gamecock Nation? This is Jakar Moore from the DMV, and you are listening to the show. Founders Park, it's time for baseball, folks. That ball rid the right and deep and gone. Swing and a drive. Left field, way back and gone. The ball into the air the opposite way. Has he done it twice? Yes, he has. There's a blast off the bat of Wimmer. Morgan looks up, and this one is long gone. There's a high drive. That ball is tagged. That ball is way, way, way out of here. A grand slam home run for Ethan Pitley. What else can this young man do, Derek? My goodness, that ball was killed. I texted Derek Scott last week after game one, and I said, Derek, you know I love you, but Tommy Moody's call of Petri's second home run was brilliant. It was his best ever, and I've listened to it a thousand times since then because you didn't know it was Tommy. He was so excited when that ball left the yard, and it didn't just leave the yard. It left the city of Columbia as many of them have, it seems. But So I thought we were going to have you just by phone, but you've been kind enough to pop on with the video stuff. What's up, man? Well, I, I Really, I wasn't smart enough to just be on phone. I just <laughs> jumped. Like, you guys get what you get, and hopefully and, uh, can keep it going. So I had a man. rotating thing of various <laughs> Louis C.K. photos I was going to put up, Coach, and <laughs> pictures of hats. and. and yep. <laughs> Button those up. I've become that's become my guy now. Follow him, right? <laughs> well, I I know you're working, so we won't do what we what we try to to uh, act like we don't do from time to time, which is keep you as long as we can. Um, so we will. Uh, I know. Well, oh, sorry, we accidentally kept you a little too long. Meanwhile, we're like, yeah, let's see how long we stretch him today. Yeah, that's right, uh, man. Stories are good. <laughs> yeah, well, you're better than all of us combined, but. Um, no. Well, coach. Um, so yeah, let's 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 get down to the nitty gritty here. This is a huge opportunity for Carolina once again on the road. Where, by the way, they have won both series uh, this year, headed to Georgia and heading to Mississippi State, and now heading to Nashville. And I've never been to Missouri. I have been to this ballpark. It is the one that I least enjoy. Um, but that's where they are. Uh, anybody, if you're sitting, in, if you're going up there and you're sitting in the stands, there's no foul territory. So if it's foul ball, it's more than likely going to land in the seat somewhere. Um, the news, though, Coach, uh, this morning that's kind of floating around, and it hasn't really been confirmed by Vanderbilt, but it's all but confirmed, is that two of their weekend guys, uh, Carter Holton and Hunter Owen, whom we already been, had kind of known about. I think ESPN's Kylie McDaniel had mentioned this yesterday. But both are expected out. And so that means that tonight it's going to be Bryce Cunningham getting his second start of the year 
for Vanderbilt in SEC play. Uh, overall, his numbers aren't terrible, a 3.2 earned run average. But in the league, 11 and a third, he's walked nine, and his ERA is 7.36. So, you know, there's a big opportunity. If you can get a solid start from Will Sanders tonight, Maybe he's kind of in that early form, which I'm going to let you kind of expand on what you saw out of him last week against Skeens. If you can get some good stuff out of Will, you know, like Will, the Will Sanders, we know that he's capable of being, you know, you can maybe get off to a pretty darn good start up there in Nashville. Yeah. Uh, let's go back real quick. That's actually the first call I had heard of Tommy's doing that. I was listening to you during the break. That was a tremendous call. And I'm going to text him after this to let him know. But because I was on TV, so normally I'm listening to radio a lot. Didn't get to hear that, so that was pretty cool. Uh, Skeens last week, wow, and watched him again last night. I mean, last night they really stretched him out, I think 106 pitches against yeah. Kentucky. So, I mean, that was an elite arm, as you can see. But you just get a great opportunity this weekend. I I, I thought Will Sanders pitched well last week. I mean, matched up, realized when the game was halted, it was 3 nothing, and South Carolina had the three. So, I mean, to match up that well against Skeens, I thought was a big deal for, for Will. But this weekend, I was talking to someone this week in our office, this weekend and next weekend are national seeding-type weekends. If you can come out of these, maybe even just three and three, much less four and two, you have to then start really considering yourself one of those top eight national teams as you enter your – this is the fifth week, so you only got five weeks left, so – this is a huge weekend for Gamecock baseball up in Nashville. Yeah, I I, I 100% agree with you, Coach. I, I think if you can if you go up there this weekend and you, and you pull it off, you're right. Now now you start to okay, all right. Let's let's pay attention to to uh, to what this thing could look like at the end of the year. Um, as it pertains to Will, uh, my view of it was his changeup is what got him going. What was your view from the booth last week and and uh, it, it, it kind of sucked, you know, as we didn't get to see him and Skeens keep right. kind of going at it the rest right. of the game. But but what we saw out of four innings, d- give us your the Stuart Lake diagnosis of what was yeah. working for Will. Well, the changeup is his key. Right now, Will just doesn't throw that breaking ball enough in the strike zone to make you feel you have to swing at it. So when he's just a fastball curveball guy, they get really good swings off on the fastball. But when this changeup is either in the zone for a strike or – this changeup has the old split finger action to it. When it's really on, it's unhittable. It's diving into the bottom of the zone. So last week, the changeup was on. And honestly, I told you a few weeks ago, I think it's going to be on more because the changeup is really a, a really a good warm weather pitch because yeah. you have to have that feel for the ball. You got to feel good in your grip. And a few of his starts when it's a little bit colder, when it's colder, you tend to grip the changeup too hard and too tight, which then just makes it really a slower fastball <laughs> instead yeah. of a you know a real change up like he wants to throw. So I'm expecting him tonight. Again, I've been saying that I think all season, I expect him tonight to even be better than last week, which was really good, and set the tone because with Noah Hall out, what Noah Hall did so great for this team is he just ate innings in the middle of series. Mm-hmm. everybody wanted to keep moving into Friday night. You know, that's all I kept hearing. And I kept thinking, and actually I joked with Coach Tanner one day, don't move that guy because he allows you to use your bullpen on Friday night because you're not going to have to use it much on Saturday, and then you could use it again on Sunday. So it's going to be a different scenario now because they're going to have to use more bullpen guys. Obviously, with Noah out, I don't think a third starter has been named yet. I think it'll be a case as Hicks pitch tonight or Eli Jones pitch tonight. Maybe one of those two would be the Sunday starter if they don't have to. But I think that's going to be the big thing is how this pitching staff reacts without Noah Hall if they get – and they should play three games because weather's not an issue this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, I absolutely wholeheartedly agree with you. I would imagine at this point in time it's Eli or, or James on Sunday depending on what happens. With that said, what happens is – this is interesting because Vanderbilt is hitting. I think they're the best league hitting team. Uh, they're three. I think at three thirty four coming into this game in league play. Carolina has hit twenty six home runs in league play. Vandy's hit twenty five. Yeah. Um, so 
I haven't watched them a ton, Coach. I've seen glimpses here and there of some of their games and just kind of scattering around on the on the SEC network and stuff like that. But how much do you know about their offensive approach and how that matches up with, I guess, starting with Sanders tonight and then moving into Jack tomorrow? Yeah, I was looking through it. I don't have it in front of me. I wanted to have it. It's amazing the batting averages in the SEC this year. I mean, I think the lowest team batting average is like 291 or something. So it's incredible offensive numbers right now all through the SEC. But what Vanderbilt's going to do tonight that we really haven't seen a team do is they still run. So tonight's going to be a challenge with Will where, you know, sometimes he's 1-4, 1-4-5 to the plate. That's putting a lot of stress on Cole or whoever's catching. You're then saying, well, you got to be about a 1-9 to a 2-0 throw. And Vanderbilt's going to run. If I was looking at it right, I think they lead the league in stolen bases. So you're going to see a different offense tonight. LSU last week, I was amazed. I was doing TV, so I try to never, like, maybe say something on TV that I wouldn't want somebody to say when I'm coaching. Their leads were unbelievably bad. I mean, they were, like, 18 (laughs) inches off the base. And I later said to Coach Parker, like, were you expecting that? And he goes, well, I knew they didn't run. I just thought they may – put pressure on you with balls in the dirt, maybe do some hit and run type stuff. But when you start seeing that, I was shocked. And if that's just who they are, they're a LSU still the hit the home run and we'll move first to third when we have to, but Vanderbilt's going to be totally different. And you're playing at Vanderbilt, that turf plays totally different. So it's a big thing. And as you said, there's zero foul territory. So as a hitter, you can get away with a lot of foul balls. There's a hitter. As a pitcher, it frustrates you because you get the foul ball and you can't even make a play on it because it's so small of a territory. Which, how about this? Last week in Mahoney Stark, 14 foul balls were hit. I mean, it was just a, as we were tracking it in the booth, it was one of those games that his pitch count was running up. And that'll be something I watch on Saturday. He just couldn't get that put away pitch against LSU last Saturday which run his pitch count up, and that's why we're in the bullpen in the fifth inning. The, yeah, the, I was going to say, yeah, you were going to put some pressure on the, the catchers with the way they run, too, but this is a disciplined hitting team, Coach. Like, they do not strike out a lot either. So, it's, I mean, we've got everything kind of in front of us here, like you said, in the next two weeks, but, you know, it's it's going it's to be good to see how this team rises up and, and, and deals with, you know, kind of a, a, almost a mirror of what they're doing to other opposing pitchers too, because, I mean, they're having great plate appearances, a lot of discipline, you know, taking their walks and, and HBPs when they get them, but uh, I think this is, this is an awesome matchup. I'm excited for this weekend. I am too, and, and it's also, you just feel like Coach Corbin's a guy that already had plan B. Even though his pitchers have gone yeah. down, he yeah. just, I don't know, maybe it's the respect I have for him and the success. You just always feel like he's got plan B and C ready for you when you go over there. So it, it is. I, I think it should be the marquee matchup of the weekend. I don't, I don't yeah. know nationally who's better. I would think these, this is number really four and six in certain polls, you know, different ones. This is, a, this is by far the best top 10 matchup I remember in a while. Yeah, it's uh, it's. I think it's well. I mean, obviously, you got Kentucky down at, at LSU, and, and LSU put them back in their place last night, sixteen to six, the final there. The the other series that I'll personally be really paying attention to this weekend actually is not in the SEC. It's a guy that we know pretty well, Dan McDonald in Louisville. They got second rate yeah. Wake uh, coming to town this weekend. But um, yeah, I, I I want you to so. It's been a while since I've played the game, Coach, but the turf fields have never been something that I was ever interested in. They, they play a lot different. Um, Vanderbilt's, as Derek pointed out yesterday, and I maybe next time you talk to Tim, ask him what's the point of this, I guess maybe for home field advantage, but the turf mound in my is a joke. Uh, like I, I can't comprehend why anybody would want to do that and, and have that out there, but – can you explain to the audience when you play on a turf, like a grass turf like Carolina does, which is probably the best one in the country, and then you go up to Vanderbilt and then you have to go play on that, what the differences are? Yeah, I'll, I'll try my best. The big thing, obviously, with turf, you're all getting the same surface every game. On a grass, dirt surface, 
it's so important to how that ground crew, how short is the grass, how long is the grass, how much water did you put on the dirt, how much is, how hard is the dirt. So you got different variables that can change game to game. The one thing, now the infielders love when you go to Vanderbilt. I promise you, those guys enjoy getting those ground balls because you just get true hops. You don't have one that may hit a lip of a grass. You may not have that random little rock that somehow got in you and somebody's cleat and made it onto the infield. So the infielders love it. Here's where I hated it as a hitting guy. Watch tonight how much deeper the infielders can play. And if y'all remember this at Texas two years ago, you can really take away a lot of hits because you can play further back because you just know the speed of the ball. The speed's never going to be different off that turf. And Vanderbilt has a really good turf. It's not an old fast turf like some people have had and then the big other thing to me is you can never pick that dirt up and get your grip of your hand that was always the frustrating part to me you love as an infielder to or pitcher to grab that dirt and get your sweat off your hand or you don't have that so you're constantly wiping your pants you're trying to get a different grip on the ball and then the balls feel different off that turf when they hit because they get a slicker feel to them. So it's for sure a home field advantage. Again, infielders love it when you get there once they get used to it. But the big reason they did it, as Coach Corbin told me years ago, we just didn't have people to take care of our field at the level South Carolina and Clemson did. So turf made it easy to have a great playing surface, an easy one, and one that could repeat every day. All right, Coach, um, Ethan Petrie is, has been the story. He is honestly pretty much the story nationally now. Uh, he's, he's, he's made it into every publication, every award. It, it's, it's there. Uh, it's amazing that this young man has been able to just keep his head down and keep playing ball. He's got a chance this weekend to tie or break Smoke's record of 17 home runs as a freshman. By the way, 17 years removed from when Justin did that back in 2006. So we'll see if that happens. Who knows? Um, with that said, though, the, you mentioned Corbin, who I think is clearly easily one of the, the top few baseball coaches in the country, maybe regardless of any level. He, he is that good. And the, they're very well aware, and so is everybody else, of Ethan Petrie. At some point in time, He's gonna stop seeing a bunch of pitches to hit, including when you know when you get to this 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 group here, Sully in Florida next week. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna know where to pitch him, and then they're gonna know when not to pitch to him. And in order to prevent some of that, right, is protection. So Cole Messina, Gavin Casas, who's returning to Vanderbilt, transferred here from there. It, it's kind of – those are my guys this weekend. I want to, I want to watch closely. And you got that uh, that wall out there in left field. I feel like Cole's maybe been flying out a little bit, Coach. I'll let you kind of diagnose that from there. But it is a wall that you can pepper, left-handed or right-handed, and make some things happen with. So kind of walk us through what you've seen out of those guys the last couple of weeks and how important their role is going to be moving forward to keep Petri hot. Yeah, I, you know, it's been big. They moved Dylan Brewer into that two-hole. Yeah. And that served purpose for a lot of offense. Wimmer and Brewer, to me, may be more important to what Petra gets to see than even what Cassis or Messina's doing. Because I said it on air last week. I think it was first and third at one point with two outs. And I said, do you consider walking Petri here? And I was serious. In a case of how many times are you, like you're saying, going to let this same guy beat you? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Cole's got good numbers. Cassis has got good numbers. But. I, I really I really think this weekend can Wimmer and if it's still Brewer in the two hole, if they're on base, I mean it's almost hard to not pitch to you some when it's first and second or second and third. It's gonna be interesting to me. It, to really I think we'll know after tonight, first two at bats to see how they pitch Petri. Because with that left field, like you said, my goodness, he could hit some over that building. The way he's been hitting the ball. But that park plays big now from center to right field because of the way everybody remembers the football stadium is directly behind the third base dugout. This was the worst place to coach third. You literally stand in their dugout. 
to coach third base. And you you hear conversations like nowhere else you go. I mean, not bad. I mean, they're just – they're standing three feet behind you and you're trying to coach third, and it's really awkward. So it just it, – it's a place that Coach Corman has made into a national power. I never would have guessed that 20 years ago when – we were going to Vanderbilt, and if you didn't sweep Vanderbilt, you were really upset. And that's really our thing. That We used to love going to Vanderbilt because Coach Tanner had a rule. If we were 2-0 and on the road, me and Coach Tolman could pick a restaurant. He'd take us to eat on his money. So Ruth Chris was our choice. So we went to Vanderbilt every year. My first 15 games in my coaching career, I was 15-0 and against Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. I then went 17-0 and or 2-0 and at Ole Miss, and we lost on a Sunday, and I was so mad. And Dan McDonald laughed on me on the way home. He goes, dude, that's a good team. I said, you don't understand. I had never lost to Vanderbilt. I don't think you should lose to Vanderbilt. Well, there was a lefty on the mound that day named David Price for Vanderbilt. Who, um, you might have heard I, of I remember going, wow, who is, this, who is this kid from Murfreesboro that no one had recruited except Vanderbilt? So but it has turned into a national power, but I do. And I know we'll all be tuned in tonight. I think we'll see their game plan in that first or second at bat tonight against Petrie. Remember when they used to strike out the last batter, if they struck out a guy at the end of the inning, the catcher spiked the ball in the ground. You remember that coach? Oh, I remember all of it. Yeah. It used to, there's nowhere worse to not play good than Vanderbilt. They can get under your skin. And, and then really, I never noticed the whistler. I would always have everybody telling me afterwards on TV, and now that I watch it on TV, I'm like, yeah, that gets annoying. But you don't hear him <laughs> as much in the stadium as you do watching on TV. I remember he – I can't remember what the catcher's name was when Price was there, but I remember he spiked one at the Sarge. And <clears throat> yeah. and uh, and uh, there, let's put it this way. Some of the bashers that were in that Carolina dugout, the, the dishers yeah. of the world and some of those guys, they – smoke they had something to say it was uh oh yeah yeah he, tanner was you i'll handle it from here but yeah it was yeah those were luckily yeah. they don't do that as much anymore no nope. um so you you did mention brewer too i wanted to touch on him real quick and 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 talmage and i know you got to go and then we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> let you run here in just a second but right. um but uh brewer really is i mean from the beginning of the year to now he he this might be the best he's hit in his career, honestly. I mean, I watched him enough at Clemson. Uh, he had certainly some nice moments out there, but but maybe this has been as hot as he's been uh, for a while. Have you have you talked to Monty or, or King or any of those guys? Uh, have you noticed anything in what he's doing up there that, that's allowed for this success? Well, I, you know, I talked to Monty a bunch in regards of he just is a guy that keeps showing up every day, and with the McGillis injury, it kind of – open the door one more time to, Hey, here's an opportunity. Let's try to get a left-handed bat in here. But that's, that's really who Dylan Brewer is. I, I liked him out of high school. I was hoping he'd be in Garnet black three years ago. And then Monty's always said what I thought about him when he coached him is the kid just shows up. He gives you everything he's got. And baseball can be a really mean game when you like his season started out, like everybody was hitting, but him, but he was having some good at bats at times. Then, he pressured himself in the strikeouts game, and then you kind of forgot about it. But in the yeah. process, just like Evan Stone did, he didn't quit showing up. He kept working, kept trying to tinker a little bit with maybe if I do this. I wish he would bunt more. The bunt last week was a sacrifice bunt, but it was a Drew Meyer-type bunt for a hit for a left-handed hitter where he really got his shoulders squared, made the third baseman come get the ball, ended up being a hit because of the way they handled it. I think he could really create more in that offense. I'd love to see Dylan bunting more for hits because I just see that speed. And, again, when he's on, and I probably say it more on TV than I'll drive people crazy, if you can make the pitcher pay at least 10% to you at first, that means he's 90% to the plate. And when you get guys like Brewer on and Wimmer on and, and they have to throw over, and like last week I was shocked how much they threw over LSU did because we really don't run either. But that means that 1%, whatever that ain't going to the plate, 
can allow that fastball or slider to be in the hitting zone, and that's what's happened. So I think Brewer could be a big key to this weekend. I do too, and and maybe they're starting to solidify it up there. I, I didn't know that Wimmer would maybe be the answer. I thought he'd like being maybe more a little two, three hole somewhere in there, but yeah. he's been he's he's figuring it out up there in the leadoff spot. So if yeah. him and Brewer, if they submit it. That could be danger zone, uh, especially why Carolina waits to get Will McGillis back and make that lineup yeah. even even deeper. Well, Coach, we'll let you run on that note. Thank um, you. As always, thank you so much. I know that you're traveling today and you still made time for us. I, I got a text during uh, the Thursday night broadcast last week, and um, somebody said, man, Stuart Lake is a pro up there. So, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe that will end up being your calling. You'll just be a TV yeah. guy. Uh, I, I don't know, yeah. but you are really, really good. And I, and I mean that wholeheartedly. It's so much fun to listen to. Thank you. Well, I appreciate it, and I enjoy doing this with y'all. And it allows me to do scouting reports and talk baseball. And believe me, I miss that a lot. So I appreciate yeah. the compliment. Yeah, well, have a have a great weekend, Coach. We'll see you next Thank week. You. Bye, Thanks, y'all. Coach. There you go. Coach Stuart Lake uh, with, uh, with some great stuff here heading into the weekend. Carolina is uh, looking to win. <laughs> yeah. Whew their third straight road series uh to to open the season we'll see this one this is going to be very difficult uh, i'm telling you this is this is people don't see number one next to it like they did with lsu and so i think some people are like oh it's going to be a hard series I don't, I don't think you know how hard it's gonna be really hard and he hit the nail on the head with corbin there's one of the things that makes Co- coach corbin great is that he's always got plan b but he actually always has plan c as well <laughs> Unfortunately, if you have to get to plan D sometimes, it doesn't really matter because plan D probably ain't going to help you a whole lot. But he, he, but he's always got plan B and he's always got plan C. So, you know, we'll see what they've got going. And they're probably going to try to get this kid as many innings as they can. But they're very well prepared to make an early move, and, and we'll see where it goes from there. But uh, Bryce Cunningham getting the start tonight uh, for Vandy against, against Will Sanders. Um, so, uh, let's go Will and let's see what happens. What time do we have Chris? Is he now? Or- he's in right now. Okay. We, can, we can bring him in and just bump the next break until after he's done. Cause he can't stay long. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's fine. Yeah. We'll, we'll go ahead yeah. and do that and not, not keep him around. So, uh, Chris Phillips going to pop in now from the, uh, Spurs up show, which he, so he's, you're not in Hilton head. No, I was, I was, yeah. no, I was Monday through Thursday. We left yesterday. So I appreciate you guys being flexible. This week's been kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, I was going to be on the road. We had to get checked out of the Airbnb and we're traveling around and it just, I didn't feel like it would have been a good situation. Me being in the car. So great to talk to you on a Friday, by the way, Stuart Lake legend. Great to see Stu on the airwaves. And uh, I was going to say, guys, I'm having a much better day. And I hope you are as well than Rory McElroy, who just got docked $3 million for not playing in the RBC Heritage because it is now one of the PGA Tours designated events. So I think we're all having a better day, and I'd probably argue week than Rory because missed the cut miss of the Masters, lose $3 million, not good times. Granted, he's got it, but still. Yeah, but still. Yeah. <laughs> but still. But still. Imagine, yeah. hey, imagine getting penalized $3 million to not go to Hilton Head. That'll never be a problem of mine. I mean, yeah, right. I yeah, just like, yeah, it wouldn't be any of mine either. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I didn't see that. Oh, well, that, be- that just came out. So I was like, dang. All right. He'll make that back in that new business oh. venture he's got with Tiger in about three hours. Yeah, that's uh, true. That, uh, but still, yeah, three million dollars. Yeah. Not, not a small hit to the bank account for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, no, not at all. All right. Well, so Bill, he blew up our plan of, of talking in golf voices the whole time because that was our plan <laughs> yesterday. We were going to give us your uh, opinion of Thompson's public commitment today. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. Okay. Well. All right. Well, I hope you had a good time, and um, and I haven't even checked the leaderboard yet this morning down there. Who's what's the leaderboard look like, Chris? Real quick. I saw. I haven't checked it this morning, but I saw that Hovland. I think shot seven under yesterday again. So I, I yeah. think uh, he's up there at the top. But Lovely. I haven't kept up with it today, to be honest with you. So, but we had a great time. It, it was a blast, man. It was the first time I ever got to see Harbor Town and walk the golf course on Wednesday, and just beautiful. I mean, just a gorgeous track. So it's always great getting down to Hilton Head. Yeah, it's a, and it's actually great to see the leaderboard because there's a there's a bunch of the big names up there, mm-hmm. Rose and uh, Jimmy Walker at nine under now, and then um, oh, oh man, have a day.
Tommy Fleetwood, six under, and Scotty Scheffler, five under through 13. So he's at eight under with Fleetwood and Aaron Rye. So there you mm-hmm. go. All right. Um, so we'll, we'll get the back half. We'll get to baseball here with mm-hmm. you. We'll kind of break up the baseball talk with football. This is something mm-hmm. that has been expected, but it's official. Josiah Thompson publicly now, Chris, to Carolina. Huge news, man. I mean, you beat out some top programs, Alabama, Clemson sucks, Georgia. And I mean, I think Shane Beamer just continues to show his, his focus and emphasis on building out the line of scrimmage, right? We all focus on the bells and whistles and, and the windows and, and, and the, and the roof and, and everything that makes the house, but the foundation is what you need. And I think the foundation of a good football team and a good football program is line of scrimmage. I think we'd all agree. He talks all the time, run the football, stop the run. And so. Getting Josiah Thompson and winning that battle to land him is huge. And they just continue that momentum with the 2024 class. I think I saw they're bumped up to 11th now nationally, if I read that correctly. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things again where it's, it's not surprising because when he was hired, I thought Shane Beamer would have success recruiting. I'm not sure I saw it coming this quickly though. And uh, it's almost becoming ho-hum, like, well, another four-star. But certainly Josiah Thompson is one of those guys, you know, maybe you're not going to see the impact of all these signees. Maybe not next year, but guys, in two, three years, the offensive line is going to be a strength for South Carolina football more than it probably ever has been before. And the defensive front, too, they're recruiting well on that side of the ball. So I think he just understands, right, well, it's great to land the Nicholas Harbors of the world and, and, and Lenora Sellers and and those playmakers, those those position players, those outside guys, if you will. Uh, you need those guys in the middle. You build your football team from the inside out. It's obvious Shane Beamer understands that. Well, that's when it, ter- that's when it changed under Steve. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, it's – you could feel the buildup, but it was, mm-hmm. you know, they get a big win, a couple big wins, and then you take – anyways, when, when, when they when they got to the SEC title game and then thereafter, that was the difference, was the yeah. trenches for Carolina. And I hate to bring this school up on this program, but it's also true for Clemson. Like, they were really good, but then they became elite when they started recruiting the trenches mm-hmm. uh, at an elite level, right? And, I, I mean, it's really hard for – I don't know what the future holds. I mean, they might win five games this year. I don't know what's going to happen – but it, it, as it stands, just watching what's happened on the recruiting trail the last couple of years and what's coming, it is, it's, it's hard for me to say anything, but they are recruiting the trenches at an elite level right now. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure that there's a team in the country that's out-recruited them, at least on the offensive line side. Yeah, and I've talked with JC, obviously, about it before, and he's even told me, he's like, Chris, South Carolina's never recruited this well in the offensive line. Like, no. throughout their history, they've no. never recruited this way. And, you know, I was just thinking about that 2010 team and, you know, obviously 11 through 13, the run. Maybe Lonnie Teasley can be this team's version of uh, Sean Elliott and what he provided on the offensive line because, you know, I, I remember <clears throat> I remember when South Carolina got bullied against Iowa in that Outback Bowl. And I remember Spurrier yeah. – I believe that's when he made the move on the offensive front because he said, we got to get meaner. We got to get nastier. We need some big physical me. He said, we got too many nice guys, too many nice guys blocking, too many nice guys. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We were too nice, you know, and and, but that's when it changed. I mean, that's truly when it changed. And it obviously helped getting a guy like Marcus Lattimore in that could, that could take off some of the pressure of the offensive line. But, you know, those are some of the best O-lines in school history. And so it's no surprise the success they had. And also the D-lines, of course, with Brad Lawing. And, I mean, it goes without saying Jadavion Clowney and what those guys did, best defensive front. So, it's, it's again, guys, it, it makes sense that when the Gamecocks had their best units historically up front on both sides, that's when South Carolina football was at its best. So, and that's what you need. And, again, I think they're getting closer to that. Yeah. Well, and ask Connor. You know, everybody hails yeah. Connor's the best ever. And they should. He is. But – Connor will tell you real quick, yeah, I was nothing without those guys. And, yeah. and you know, a guy named Marcus, of course, and another guy named Alshon. Oh, another guy named Tort. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, so um, generally generally don't learn a ton in spring mm-hmm. games, Chris. I, I, I enjoy spring <clears throat> games for the fan side of it. Yeah. Uh, really I'm not going to walk out of there and go, well, let me tell you something. That number 34, <laughs> he's going to be a hell of a guy. Is there anything uh, – is there one thing maybe mm-hmm. that you're like, well, that's true, but – this is something I would just like to see this weekend or just something you're paying attention to. Yeah, JB and Phil, and I, I agree with you. I think it is definitely a night for the fans. I think Shane Beamer is, you know, I've talked about this before. He's a master marketer of his football program. And so I think making like the spring game at night is just a no-brainer move. And I think it's a great thing they do for the fan base. The fireworks show, all the festivities of the weekend, if you will. So it'll be a great night tomorrow night at williams Bryce Stadium. But actually on the field, you're right, JB. We all warn people, hey, don't draw hard conclusions from the spring game. Although – you know, we will. It's just in our nature when you see football taking place on the field. You want to talk about it. You want to dissect it. You want to break it down. 
So, you know, you heard Dowell Loggins yesterday, right? I was one of my storylines I talked about on the podcast was, what are the new wrinkles like in the offense? And he literally goes in the presser and says, it's going to be vanilla ice cream. It's going to be boring. You know it's going to be boring. I'm like, all right, well, at least just get it out there, right? So I'm not expecting anything outrageous. I mean, you want to see Spencer Rattler have command of the offense. You want to see Juice Wells make a plays. But I feel like the spring game, guys, it's more about the young guys. Like, yeah, I'm excited honestly. to see Lenora Sellers. I'm excited to see Puff Howard at linebacker. I think DeCabrion Joyner at running back is probably the top storyline going in the spring game because I think we're going to start to learn, is this an experiment? Is this a real thing going in the season where he really could compete for carries as RB1, even RB2? Just what does it look like, right? What does the wrinkle look like with him carrying the football? I'm excited to see it, see him use his athleticism in different ways. Maybe we see a trick player too, or maybe they keep that in their back pocket. Who knows? But uh, again, like you mentioned, JB and Phil, it's a great night for the fans. Uh, should be a great night of competition. And uh, again, getting to see a bunch of new faces, the Trey Knoxes, the Joshua Simons, the Nick Gargiulos, yeah. you know, some of these newcomers that we've never seen in Garnet and Black. I think that's what it's really about. And uh, I would expect them to shine. And guys, I, I think that uh, – you know, probably the guy I'm most excited to see is like a Lenora Sellers, you know, because there's so much hype and buzz around him. And maybe just maybe, you know, he shows glimpses of what he can be in the future. Maybe he can be that QB1. But uh, just exciting anytime the Gamecocks hit the field. It'll certainly give us something to talk about next week. Yeah, I don't know. Like, like the cynical viewpoint in me is going to be like <clears throat> the two biggest narratives are going to be like, well, the Dowell Loggins offense doesn't look much different <laughs> than the Satterfield offense. And uh, oh, yeah. Lenora Sellers needs to start day he one. should be starting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah, yeah no yeah. doubt. Absolutely. Yeah, but no. I mean, I mean did you did you have a successful spring game if you don't have your your QB two or QB three? People saying he should be starting. I mean, come on. It, it, no, I mean, yeah. really, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> and you want the optics to be at least better right. than what Florida put on the field because my Woo. goodness, Henry Napier Yikes. doesn't know how to run one. <laughs> Yikes! I mean, there's a, there's a balance between the vanilla ice cream boring and throwing the whole playbook out there like let's and find no, a, let's we, find a balance here let's find a really balance. shouldn't have broadcast this on tv that's, I, I say we just run i, I, I say we just run a beamer ball spring game and let kai kroger throw passes all night i think that'd be a blast <laughs> truly yeah I, i'm interested to see what shane does to put his signature on this thing uh, you know maybe it's just playing it at night but Spurrier always had the pass with the celebrities yeah. and all that stuff. So I don't know. But, yeah, I'm with you. I, the only thing – the one takeaway I will get from it, and I'll be up there, I, I'm always – I just want to see him get off the bus because, mm-hmm. I mean, this might not tell you much, Tarzan Jane thing, but there are – it's been plenty of seasons where you watch him get off the bus and you're like, man, we look like an SEC football team. And then there are seasons where you see him get <laughs> off the bus and you're like, we're going to get our ass beat. Um, you know, does this team get off the bus and you're like, man, they sure do look like an mm. SEC football, especially the younger guys, Chris. All right. So let's wrap you up. So I know you got to go final couple of minutes here on the, on the <clears throat> series uh, beginning tonight, Bryce Cunningham, will get the go ahead again. If anybody uh, missed it, at least the news that I got this morning, which I highly doubt that this is bad information considering where it's uh, coming from is that, uh, uh, Carolina will be without or Carolina Vanderbilt will be without, um, Two of their weekend starters, Holton and uh, Owen, are both done. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so they've got an opportunity here, but you got a lot going into this four-six matchup. That field sucks. You know, it's turf. There's no foul territory. Well, There's no Chris either. Um, we just I guess lost he, him. He decided to take a quick timeout. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. So uh, we can. He's we been can attacked push. by what he calls the must champ hackers. That's what they yeah. call it on this side. Well, yeah. but what's interesting, uh, JB? You you mentioned it's not you know there's not a number one. I mean, look at the SEC East standings. I mean, that's all you really need to know about Vanderbilt. This is a one versus two on that side of the bracket. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, and, I mean, you know, the, this is a premier matchup this week. I follow. Uh, the, the Vandy hackers. They didn't like you talking about their starting. Oh, it's Vandy now. hackers today. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> the hackers come from all directions when you're me. Um, no, so two, you, those are – yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I was going to say those are two huge losses. And, you know, it's it's interesting, JB. The reason I don't know keys the weekend for baseball because I feel like they're typically the same every weekend. You know, pitch well, play great defense, and timely hitting. But but certainly it's at a – it's more. at a yeah, it's at a level of emphasis – that is at another level when you take on Vanderbilt. You know a Tim Corbin team, they're going to be well coached. They're going to be fundamentally sound. I mean, you look at the numbers, and, and Vandy, by the way, hitting 290 overall, but they're hitting 334 yeah. in SEC play. So, I mean, they, that's I think that's been 
my biggest surprise when it comes to Vanderbilt and uh, how they've swung it in conference. But it's it's so funny, guys. That like I don't know why we're surprised watching Vandy because Tennessee was the darling in the preseason. Florida was all everything. Vandy was picked third. I just don't feel like anybody was talking about the Commodores. And dude, why would you ever sleep on a Tim Corbin coach team? I, I mean, they're really good. Is Hawkins Field the most daunting place you play all season? Maybe not, but it'll be a tough environment anytime you got to play them at their at their place. It's really tough. Who did the Gamecocks go with in game three? I think that'll be really interesting. I think we probably all agree. It's either going to be Jones, Jerzenbeck, Hicks, or Becker. Probably Eli Jones. I would give him the start after what he did in Starkville. But uh, key to the weekend, guys, I would say one of the keys is limit the running game. They, they love to run. Enrique Bradfield Jr., one of the most lethal players on the base pass. I think they are 54 of 67, if I recall yeah, those numbers correctly, great. something like that. Uh, yeah, 54, 67, 22 of 25 in the SEC and Bradfield alone is 25 of 29. So th- that's a guy, if you can limit him and I mean, it's much easier said than done, but he's a guy that, and we know the Gamecocks have, have struggled a little bit here and there throwing guys out. The emphasis will be on the pitchers, right? To hold base runners because the last thing you want is singles turning into automatic doubles. And then you really get yourself into trouble. You know, obviously you need a great start tonight from Will Sanders. I, I think this will be another great opportunity for him. He looked much better last week, but only went three innings. So if you can get a quality seven, maybe even eight out of him, you put yourself in good position. But, uh, you know, I think executing the fundamentals, guys, I think that's what it comes down to with the little things against a team like Vanderbilt, who is so fundamentally sound. And, uh, you know, keep swinging it the way you are. I think the power is going to be there, but the productivity just has to follow as well. You know, you know, JB, get a guy on second, less than two outs, get him over. Get a guy on third, less than two outs, drive him in. So, you know, situational hitting, I think, is at a premium in a series like this, and it's going to be a great test, man. Four versus six. I mean, this is why you come to Carolina. Again, it reminds me of, like, the early 2010s and the battles that the Gamecocks used to have with the Commodores, and uh should be a great weekend of baseball. Cole Messina needs to have a big weekend in my mind. Mm-hmm. He needs – that 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 wall out there, pepper it. Pepper it. Yeah. Yeah, he he feels like the the emotional like the the soul of this team at this point. Like he really yeah. to me feels like the undisputed leader, the emotional leader. I, I know there's multiple leaders on the ball club, but he's just the guy that I feel like you know, and, and he embraces the catcher role well. So I think he's certainly one. How about Gavin Cassis facing his yeah. old team? I think that's yeah. such a fascinating storyline, and yeah. uh, you know he's you know he's certainly got a chip on his shoulder, almost to go back to Nashville and kind of show all his former teammates and Corbin and everybody else that hey, look at me. Uh, and have a great weekend. I know he's been a little bit cold, but I wouldn't be surprised if he if he balled out. He's going to be riding that emotional high. So, I mean, it, it's going to be a blast, man. This is just one of your typical SEC weekends. Uh, I think both of these clubs are Omaha caliber, and it, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch them go to battle. They might see each other in Omaha. Who knows? They might. Uh, they might. Coach Lake pointed out, this weekend and next weekend, you have some success, three and three or better. Now you're mm-hmm. starting to talk about that top eight national seed, yep. and, and you're trying to figure out the numbers to play your way into it. Mm-hmm. So. All right, buddy. Uh, have a yeah, wonderful weekend and uh, no shortage of stuff to talk about and watch. That's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. JB, Phil, appreciate you guys. Y'all have a great weekend. Thank yeah, you, man. Chris. Thanks, Chris. Too, man. Appreciate that. 11.56 on this Friday, April uh, the 14th as we head into spring game. It's almost like you know, we let off the show today. <laughs> like, Well, Thompson committed, and you got these two starters out for Vandy, and you got this 4-6 matchup. Oh, we got a spring game tomorrow. Yeah, hold you know, on. Wait, There's wait. football tomorrow. <laughs> you know, we've been really trying to emphasize a lot of football this week, and it's like we forgot that they're actually going to play it tomorrow with lights and music and smoke and fire and uniforms. We can put a nice. show on for us tomorrow night. I can't wait. It's going to be exciting. Yeah, it uh, it really is. Uh, we do have Michael Flint scheduled for 1240. Uh, he, he's – with his day job, things tend to kind of pop up on him. He should be okay, but um, let's just hope he's going to be okay to be able to, to jump in with us because certainly uh, looking forward to his thoughts on um, on the spring game and, and whom he's most interested in seeing and some of his memories from playing in spring games at Carolina uh, as well. We are powered by electric bikes of Charleston, Aventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes in the low country, but they come from everywhere across the state of South Carolina, Myrtle Beach, and Hilton Head, where Chris just mentioned he was for the RBC. Greenville, Spartanburg, Orangeburg, Rock Thrill, South Carolina, Columbia, you name it. That's why they come here, because Michelle and her business are the best in the whole state 
at what they do. They have the best bikes, but they have the best service, and they have the best warranties. Now, I will tell you, they don't have the cheapest prices, but that's because they don't sell crap. So you can buy crap, or you can buy good stuff at Electric Bikes of Charleston. They're not, like, overpriced, but they're priced where they should be. Electric Bikes Charleston. Dot com. The weather's warming up. We've turned the corner, boys and girls. It's time to get out on a ride. Maybe strap yourself a little cooler to the back. Do the exercise for 10 or 20 miles and then cut on that pedal assist and cruise home with a beer in your hand or something. Just don't do it in front of the wall. But if you're going to do that, you want to go to Electric Bikes of Charleston. ElectricBikesCharleston.com. Can't wait to see her uh, when she um, visits us at the Carolina Rise event on April the 29th at Home Team Barbecue in Mount Pleasant. The 27th is in Columbia. Get your tickets for both on the bigspur.com. All right, uh, hour one flew by, Phil. Yeah, it did. We are that was fun. Ready to take a little a little break here. Yeah. But as is just run two commercial breaks so I can run outside and get some fresh air. <laughs> We won't do that to you. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. We'll we'll just uh, we won't. we'll figure it out. But here's the good news: we are going to come back for a second hour, and we certainly look forward to that. Everybody, hang tight. The Sinorama Studios are full of Phil, Fun, and JB. No JC today, unfortunately, uh, with some things to take care of. But he will be back Monday, and we we certainly can't wait to see him. I'm sure he'll have plenty of thoughts on football and baseball from the weekend. But nonetheless, hour two coming up. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182 Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more, they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the low country. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Welcome to TravelingCountryClub.com, your modern golf club experience. Hey folks, this is Michael Manis, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. In July, we're excited to bring you the third annual Plunder on Polly's two-day golf tournament with rounds played at Caledonia and True Blue Golf Courses in the heart of Polly's Island. Head to TravelingCountryClub.com to register for that event. And it is not exclusive to TCC members, but to become one, you can sign up and bring to life your golf game. Tee it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is Zachary Davis from Carolina Hoops, and you're watching the show with JB, JC, and Phil. Go Cox. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Give John and his team a call at 803-446-4662 is how to get in touch with them. Set up a no-obligation consultation to talk about how they could potentially turn your backyard into 
an outdoor retreat for the summer. And of course, since we missed it, and we love her, Cindy Searfoss sponsors the first hour of the show, which was great today. If you missed it, catch the interview with Stuart Blake. He's always one of the better guests that we have on. Not that any of ours are bad, though. But Cindy... (laughs) <laughs> Be able to take care of all your upstate residential real estate needs at 864-414-5271. He's like, you know, top tier of the top tier. I mean, cause listen, uh, this is a cream of the crop program. Not the rest you, of you, you know, don't with our guest lineup here, especially, I mean, you got Flint coming on later, hopefully if he gets out of the doctor. Uh, no, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> did it, was did anybody miss that yesterday? Anybody not here? That oh my wants, goodness, that was. If funny. not, well, I just have him uh, retell it. Uh, but, um, but hey, I, Craig, I, I, be safe, man. Did you see this? Is like Craig just witnessed an accident while he was driving. So, a thanks for listening to the show while you're on the road, there, Craig. But man, be careful, well, yeah, <laughs> Craig. We're going to make this a lot easier on you soon. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we got something coming that'll make it easier. Your YouTube. Yeah. Uh, So uh, thank you for, you just, you just, yeah, you you know, keep your eyes on the road as we, obviously you are, but um, be safe out there. I want to uh, give a shout out to, uh, to uh, Chavis McDonald. I'm not sure who, I'm not sure if many of you know who Chavis McDonald is, but, um, uh, did go to South Carolina and was a member of the band. He is the director of retention for the Gamecock Club. And um, and this is, I, I, if I'm correct on this, and I know he watches our program, but I think that's a, either, either it's a fairly new role for him or it's a fairly new role, but they, they have really been making some some significant changes in the last couple of years. I know uh, under Coach Tanner, he, he kind of went, went to some guys and said, here's some things we need to do, yada, yada, yada. Well, Chavis is one of the dudes that has been instrumental in a lot of the good stuff going on with the Gamecock Club, and we certainly really appreciate his services uh, and and what he is uh, attempting to do for South Carolina. He sent me a message last night, and I, I do want to read this because it this is, uh, this is great for everybody here. He said, I just want to share that Tristan from a couple of painters came by our home today and painted the nursery for our incoming baby girl. He did a fantastic job, and I first heard of his company.